If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Happy Libations Friday. Lucy Goosey edition of the program. Lucy Goosey. Feeling good. Hope everybody else is too. Glad to have you on board. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show if you care to find it. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're on War Chant TV. We get you set for the weekend, a little primer. Big weekend for Florida State. We've got baseball. We've got the big scrimmage coming up. Uh, I'm excited to hear uh, to hear about the scrimmage. We, we won't get a chance to, to actually watch the scrimmage, but we did get the opportunity yesterday to go out to practice, and it was a fruitful practice. Yes, useful indeed. That was as good a practice as they've had. You know, I dare say, in a number of years of the ones that we can watch, of the practices. Now, again, we don't get to see everything all the time. But as we've noted several times over, this coaching staff, Mike Norvell, is uh, an open book. They do a great job of allowing access to the press. So we've seen a lot. And I got to tell you, I the more I kind of let that marinate yesterday, Tom, and the more I thought about what we witnessed, um, the more I was encouraged uh, because there were things being executed uh, by a, a, a lot of people, not just a guy here or there. A lot of times you'll get a guy, you know, have a great day, or even a segment group occasionally where you say, that was a good day for the linebackers. That was a good day for the offensive line, whatever it might be. It is seldom that we have seen a practice in the last handful of years where we walked away and thought, man, that was crisp. 
everything seemed to function as it should. It was, and it's not that they're not organized. They're organized. It's just that they haven't had the level of proficiency and talent and depth of talent that would allow for sustained success for repeated drives or actions, right? Whether they were situational or otherwise, if, you know, a lot of times the second you went to the backup, the thing got derailed. The second the second team came in and third team came in, it got derailed. Yesterday was a case, especially as it pertains to the offense, in which sustainable drives, execution of throws, route running, catching, protection, running the football, red zone execution. I mean, so many things came together consistently for long periods of time that you couldn't help but be emboldened by what you witnessed. You know, I would think even the harshest, most uh, adamant uh, or fervent um, detractor of uh, this team for the upcoming season or its talent or coaches would have had to admit yesterday that they looked like a well-oiled machine. Uh, just a, 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 a tremendous pre-scrimmage practice on a Thursday, and we were lucky enough to be there, report on it, post-practice updates, myself and Ira. Corey wrote a column. You guys can read all of that on Warchant.com. You can watch it on Warchant TV and Warchant.com. It was a good day at the office for the players, the coaches, the press that were there to cover it. Everybody involved had to be very, very pleased. I can't sing the praises enough of what they looked like yesterday. Yeah, the way it finished was, I mean, with a bang. That's what had everybody walking outside the facility towards the uh, you know press area, the press conference area, going, whoa, what the hell did I just watch? Because when they went full team, one of the final things they do, it's not the final thing, but we're ushered out shortly thereafter. It's do or die. You know, it's here's your situation, you're pinned back, you got to go score a touchdown to win the game, or maybe kick a field goal, depends on the situation in the day. And Jordan Travis hits Pokey Wilson on a throw outside the numbers, which he... That's his throw, If there's like a three-foot or five-foot wide target between the numbers and, you know, the, the boundary... Jordan makes it look like it's 30 yards. I mean, he really has touch in that, that specific touch area year, of the field. That specific area of the field, he can drop it in a bucket. It's his best throw. It's the throw he makes most consistently well to the point where I almost, and this is my fault, Tom, I almost don't really give him a lot of credit because I'm like, oh, I know you can make that throw. I need you to make the other throws. Uh, you, you always make that throw. That, that gets taken away because everybody knows you can make that throw. Make these other throws so that will open back up. What's interesting about that particular throw, and some like it during this spring camp, is it's not wheel routes to running backs. It's actually to receivers, yeah, which I think is worth noting. Around, yeah. like, like true receivers on the line of scrimmage, winning a battle at the snap, getting the separation, getting down the field. A lot of those throws that you saw last year were to a player like Ja'Kai Douglas, right, on a wheel. where you isolate yeah. him on a safety or a linebacker, yeah. and then you get a rub, and that frees up the matchup. Right? It's not that the player himself generated the space it's that the scheme generated the space i'm big seeing one more miami big play obviously obviously against notre dame you can go back yeah i'm seeing more of the players generating the space this camp which is good that's a good sign but that's the first throw the second throw is a little comebacker to toa Feely, and then the third throw is a perfect dime up the sideline to mclean touchdown thanks for playing and tate to that point really had a better day between the two quarterbacks but that response from jordan to finish the day was holy crap good it was needed 
Because this would have marked the second consecutive practice by all accounts. I was at this one yesterday. I was not at the previous one, but I have spoken to all of you guys about it. This would have marked the second consecutive practice in which I think we could say as a thrower, Tate Rodemaker had been the better quarterback in back-to-back practices. And that's good news for Tate. It's also the kind of thing that if you're a Florida State fan, you go, okay, nice, good to hear. Well, we'll see if he can do it in the game. Got it, got it, I understand. But it beats the hell out of the alternative, him looking lost, confused in year three, right? I mean, you'd want him to look good. At least he's given himself the opportunity to perhaps get this to translate when the lights come on. And they need that backup quarterback to be somebody they can plug and play and not automatically lose the game if Jordan misses time. So that's good news. But Jordan's response is not only encouraging, but I think in a weird way, it's a, it's a response to how well Tate's played. Jordan knows, look, it's my job, but the other guys, I mean, we, you're not blind. As a competitor, you know when somebody's outperformed you. Uh, if, uh, I don't know, we, there's no good analogy here, but like, you know, you're you're a good golfer. I'm not. Uh, uh, I, I yeah, but if I outperformed in high school, say the two or the three on the team, I was always a, a borderline bench guy. You know, those I was on a very good high school team, one district. But if if I shot a good number in practice two days in a row, and say the three player didn't, well, coach might think about starting me. Correct, after, right? Correct. You know, at some just point, for this next event, like what's going on? Right. If you and I, I mean, we're dear friends. If if you and I go out and play, if I beat you two times in a row, which has never happened, I've only beaten you once that I can think of. But if it happens to where yeah. I, if I did, that lip out still hurts on <laughs> <laughs> Uh But if it did happen, I'm not saying that you'd be mad at me. You'd be mad at yourself, and you'd be like, okay, well, this has got to stop because you're a competitor. You'd be like, this got to stop. This should not be happening. Like you'd be frustrated, you know. Whereas if somebody, you know, the point is, it would get your attention. You wouldn't suddenly say Jeff's better than me, but he has beat me two times in a row. That's got to stop. So Jordan's out here the last couple of practices, is my point, watching Tate fill it up, Yeah, really make throw after throw after throw. He's not worried about losing his job, but he's a competitor. Right, He, he is looking around like, okay, I, I better start stepping up the game here. Yeah, I hope that the reports from the scrimmage, and I see that Swiss asked it in the chat, it is closed tomorrow. It Swiss is closed, Irish. completely yeah, closed. No chance for us to watch. It starts 8.30 or 9 or so. Although I'm sneaky deaky. <laughs> I hear they're going to have the whole building on lockdown, yeah. even for fans or boosters or whatever, but yeah. um, we get availability from the coaching staff at lunchtime, 12.15, 12.30, somewhere in there. Uh, but the thing about Tate, where I hope that the reports come in from the scrimmage that are positive even in the interview yesterday, he looks like a different guy. There is no weight on his shoulders. And you can see that around anybody in life. Yeah, if they've sure. got stressors in life yeah. or in work or finances, whatever it is, mm. you can see the weight of the world on somebody's shoulders. And you can tell the difference when they don't feel it. And Tate looks like he is a believer in himself, well, which is so. really, really important. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, he handles that part of it really well these days. Obviously, he's he's pretty laid back. And uh, he doesn't have a lot of pressure on him. I mean, he really ought not be that overly concerned. I mean, if I'm him, uh, if you're the backup, the pressure's on the starter. You, now, you need to be prepared as if you're going to be the starter. You need to prepare yourself like you're going to have an opportunity because you know uh, the game of football, you're one play away. And, and, and I hope he's doing that. But in truth, I mean, he ought to feel comfortable. He said as much. He's like, I better feel comfortable. I ought to be. It's year three. Exactly right, Tate. You ought to be. The other thing, I was talking with Ira today about this, and and last year, if McKenzie and Jordan were both present for practice, which wasn't always (laughs) a routine thing, (laughs) you know, if you're behind the third string offensive line every day in practice, 
at Florida State, the yeah. way it is right now, yeah. against a defensive line that's been deep, especially the interior of it at Florida State, <clears throat> I mean, what kind of reps are you getting? What kind of fortification for your confidence are you really getting? And that's where, in this instance, maybe this camp, where we like maybe seven or eight players on the offensive line. You think mm-hmm. that's fair? We yeah. like seven or eight. Like It's not a total disaster if, if one of the five goes down. Well, what does that mean? That means the twos are fairly solid. doesn't mean they're great, but they're solid enough that you can run some live reps with them. And that's what Tate's behind this year. I, I want him to get as many reps with that starting group as possible. I mean, with it, well, you know, considering what's reasonable when he's the backup. I mean, you're going to give your starter the starter's reps. I, I, I get it. But I want him to get accustomed to that because his chance for succeeding obviously greatly improves when he's got more weapons and better protection. And, yeah, that, that is a way to have your confidence bolster because those are the guys that you'd be playing with if you got into a game. And so that that is the hope. Hey, so let's just – Pivot for a second from quarterbacks because both played well. Jordan came on late in response, is the way I describe it, to Tate's really solid practice. Uh, Norvell will be proud of you for saying the response. Yeah, I mean, I. Response. Well, yeah, well, response. response. Well, I mean, I think it was. I think, you know, he, he dropped a couple in the bucket there and got on a roll and then began to feel confident and started making really nice throws. He's had a. Uh, listen, I don't want anybody to take from this the wrong impression he's had a good camp it hasn't been that he's bad or anything like that it's just that we're very emboldened and excited by what you're seeing from Rodemaker right now which is um you know this is the this was the answer the call or we're moving on and that's all there is to it type thing and he's done a good job with that so far we'll see how scrimmage numbers go I'm going to be very curious to see what Mike Norvell has to say about what he witnesses in this scrimmage because he is pretty good I believe at giving you a pretty decent and thorough indication of what he liked, what he didn't like, and everything like and everything in between in these practices that we can't see. I get the sense that he understands. I mean, we're, we're going to be right back out there watching the other practices. He knows he can't come on there and tell everybody that so-and-so is playing great if they're not because that's not sustainable, and we'll just turn around and be like, well, we haven't seen it. You know, that he knows that. So – I'll, I'll be curious. Uh, so after seeing several practices of spring camp, do either of you want to shift your projections for W's and L's? Great stuff, guys. Go Knowles. Uh, no, no, I'm not prepared to do that. I mean, I, I think if they play well and the guys that we predicted would take a step forward, either as veteran players or the position groups that were improved by uh, transfer portal guys, if those guys all play as well as we hope they would, or certainly that the coaching staff envisioned them to play based on their offers to them to begin with, right? Then, um, then yeah, I still think they're a seven or eight win team. I, that that's, that seems reasonable to me. I don't I don't think we're going to transcend to a to a nine ten win team based on talent alone. They're not there. They're going to need some breaks. They're going to need a few things to happen, and maybe that happens. It's football. It can happen, but we'll we'll see. So first of all, there's that. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Z-Chan. Yeah, I'm not going to change it because I'm on the more optimistic side, at least in the documented W's and L's. Mm -hmm. But I think that this team is – it lands somewhere between seven wins and nine wins depending upon injury luck and turnover luck, the things that you just can't project. Yeah. And what I feel better about after watching this group through six practices, four with full pads, is if Jordan goes down, I don't think it's a three-win team. I think it might be a four- or five-win team. If he goes down, that's the confidence that I feel like they they have other ways to win 
outside of Jordan Travis on offense. I'm beginning to believe that. I'm seeing the balance. There is a balance there, and it's not to it's not to go 500 or go to a bowl. It's just it's good enough to beat some of the lower yeah, the lower tier cliff. teams in the conference. They're good enough to compete with those teams on offense if Jordan was to go down. So I feel like the floor has come up, but I'm not ready to say that. You know, I, I believe that they're an eight to ten win team. I still think seven to nine somewhere in there, depending upon luck factors, is probably where they're going to fall. Which is it's an improvement. That is a distinct improvement. Well, I'll tell you something right now. If they won nine games. That would be a lot to get excited about. That would mean you played well and beat some really good teams. It would mean that. Uh, the culture has been flipped. The depth of talent is better than where I'm gauging it currently. So the high end of your projection there would be a really uh, that'd be a banner year right now. It really would be, and I'd be very excited. Not saying it's impossible, right? Just saying it would and be I'm very saying exciting. That's a lucky year. Nine yeah. is probably lucky as we stand here now. But I mean, I could change if it's if they continue to do what they're doing and develop. I mean. Last year in fall camp, I know the Jacksonville State game happened, and I was pissed off as anybody else about Wake Forest and the mismanagement of that game. I was like, we're going to ride the hot hand? That's a great plan. But you could see it in that fall camp. They're better. They were better than they were in spring. And in this spring, they're better than they were in the fall. I, overall, they are. And the thing that is that we're watching, and we'll look for stats in, in the scrimmage and in the weeks to come, but I maybe I'm speaking for you. Feel better about the pass rush than you did before we went out there for the first day? Like, it's got a chance. Jared Verse has gotten a lot better than he yep. was that first week. There's no doubt about that. He is he is improving. Uh, I don't think it's an elite pass rush. I think it'll be uh, a serviceable pass rush, but I feel better, I guess, to answer your question. I feel better. We were hoping for serviceable before spring mm-hmm. practice started, though. I, I think yeah. we can almost yeah, expect it I think it's probably now. serviceable. Yeah, 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 I think so. Um, so I want to answer this next question uh, because, again, it was a big day yesterday out there, and, and I can't reiterate that enough. They really did. I, I'm... I think I'm pretty uh, – I'm a realistic guy when it comes to this team. and You're loath to be optimistic. Well, I, I would prefer to be optimistic. I generally look at the glasses half full, but I am brutally honest when it comes to my assessment of the program in its current condition and have been for a long time. And I don't, I don't walk around – you know, trying to convince myself that they're going to win 10 games. I go to practice and I go, let's see what they got. Let's see what we have here. Where are we weak? Where are we strong? Where are they legitimately going to be better than the teams they face on this schedule? Where are they going to get destroyed? How are they going to cover this up? What guys emerging or not emerging? And so, you know, I guess what I would say is, that practice yesterday had me excited for lots of reasons because that's sustainable. Micah Pittman had his best day by far. Since he's been here, that was a day. We got a guy in the chat that occasionally I see comes. I don't know who it is, but he's forever prattling on about Micah Pittman being like Jesus in pads. And I hadn't seen it yet. Hadn't seen it yet. I saw a guy that was going to be a serviceable player, a nice enough player, uh, but not a game-changing player. Man, he was Simply fantastic yesterday, and it's the second time that he's been good, but this was really good yesterday, really good. And he wasn't the only guy. He wasn't the only guy. Malik McClain came on late in practice and really ended up having four or five big plays. I told you before that practice started yesterday that perhaps the most surprising thing I've seen so far is that Portier has been very good in this camp. He's been a consistently, consistently. good player. He and Tate have a thing, too. Yeah, so I, yes, they do. Um, so that's good to see. He's made plays. He's looked better. He's looked a little quicker and more sure of himself. That's good to see. Uh, 
you know, obviously, I'm like everybody else. When I look at Jordan Wilson, I think uh, not Jordan Wilson, uh, Johnny Johnny Wilson. When I look at Johnny Wilson, I think, okay, there's a lot to work with there. We'll see. I mean, he's he's certainly a guy that catches your attention. So as he continues to learn the offense and gets more consistent, that body type is a reason to get excited. Um, so there were there's a lot there. The running back room is a lot better than I thought it would be. Partly because Benson looks like a guy that. You know, the, the, he was described to be pre-knee injury. He looks like the guy that Norvell originally recruited a, a few years back. He's a, he's looked good. Rodney Hill looks really good. Yep, yep. He's a nice little – he's got a little something to him. So does C.J. Campbell. So, yeah, there's – okay, that room's better than I thought mm-hmm. it would be. So that, that's exciting. There's reason beyond just some of the surface-level things that we knew to be true – that you can get excited about. I, I want to answer a question. It's, we got to go to break. I'm, I'm prattled on here. Um, but we were asked something about Joshua Burrell, right? Um, I, I I am of the opinion, it is my opinion, that he needs to probably be uh, moved towards playing tight end or H-back or something like that. I, he, he does not have the requisite speed to be a, an outside guy. I don't think he's going to get open. He's a big dude who seems to get bigger every time I look at him. He is extremely well put together. He's got to be coming in at two thirty-five or something like it's that. It's close if it's not. I mean, right? It, it's he's so. Really I mean, big. he's a hamburger yeah. away from being in the two forties, but not fat though. That, that's no, not no, what you're no, trying no, to no, say. No, no, that's not what yeah. I'm trying to say yeah. at all. He's just a big dude. He's trending towards being an even bigger dude. That's just going to be a big guy. So he's not beating corners, Tom. He might beat linebackers, or you know, he might he might be able to do that. I I just. That's he's kind of a betwixt and between guy to answer the question. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Well, I got one right, one wrong. I took uh, Villanova to cover the five against Michigan. That worked. Gonzaga gets schooled by Eric Musselman's impeccable game plan for Arkansas's defense to shut down the more athletic Gonzaga squad that loses yet again with very high expectations. Uh, Gonzaga has become Florida State baseball uh, in the uh, annual tradition of – postseason expectations only to be devastated. And I think it is a perfectly apt analogy or comparison because it's not like they haven't accomplished something. They have. They've been to Final Fours and Finals. They've been places of significance. They just haven't won the final game. And when you are a perennial one or two seed and you are projected to go to the Final Four every year, and you come up short, that's that's what people think of as opposed to the many wins. In fact, if you look at statistically the amount of wins uh, that Gonzaga as a program have in the NCAA tournament over the last 10 years, it, it, you know, it's them and two other teams as the top uh, you know, squads in all the land for victories in the tournament. But 
the ultimate victory eludes them in the same way that Florida State baseball is an annual fixture in the postseason in the uh, and, and for many years, obviously out in Omaha, which is not nothing. To get there is awfully hard, and to uh, to say that that's not an achievement is. Uh, is is not true, uh, but ultimately it, it it does beg frustration. Unfortunately, when you give yourself that many opportunities, and for whatever reason, it's different. Usually every year, um, you come up short, and so that's that's how I see Gonzaga right now. Our thanks to Marcus uh, for a contribution to the program. He's thanking us, so we thank him. Uh, he gave us some pizza money. Hashtag pizza money. Oh, I appreciate that, Marcus. Thank you for the pizza money. I'm gonna use. I may get pizza tonight, Tom. There you go. It is Friday. I haven't it had pizza Friday. in a while. I may get a little pizza tonight. There you go. Yeah. And you know what? If you're a pizza place in Tallahassee, let us know. We could we could be talking about you right now. We could now. be. We could be right now. I do like pizza. I do. Who doesn't? Anyhow, one thing. Uh, it was a weird night last night for me because I tried to make it through the late slate. You had talked it up correctly and aptly during uh, practice. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, Tom Block came over and asked about it. He said, "Am I staying up late tonight?" And you yes. said, "Yes, yes, you are, Tom. Yes, you Here's are, why. Tom. Here's why. Yeah." I couldn't make it, so I put the head on the pillow around 10, 45, 11 o'clock, and I was watching both the basketball and the first half of USA-Mexico in the World Cup qualifier because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're on the brink of actually yeah. making a World Cup. Isn't How that amazing? How about them apples? Couldn't sleep. So around 11.40, I said, the hell with it. Came back downstairs to watch the finish of Duke Tech. Great and, game. Great game. Yeah, That was a great game. I had Duke. That helped. You did? Yeah. But I, I th- this is that game, I thought that would be a great game, and I thought Arizona-Houston would go the way of Houston, and it did. I, did, I didn't bet that game. I thought those were both toss-ups. I told you that. Um, I, was, I have to confess to being very stunned by the Arkansas result. Every metric in a tournament is a tournament. It, it, you have a bad night, you lose, and that's the way it works. And that's why it's a cruel game. It's it's a cruel deal, the NCAA tournament. You let that team play a series against Arkansas, they win. They lost last night, and that's it. And credit to Arkansas and Musselman, because that was a game plan uh, born from genius. They minimized, mitigated all of the strengths for Gonzaga. The first 10 minutes of that game, I'm watching, and I'm thinking, oh, no, you could Gonzaga, you knew it. Like this is not gonna be your night. This nothing's gonna come easy for you, and they are gonna ugly this thing. And that's how Arkansas wins. They ugly the game, and they they were able to dictate terms, dictate tempo, dictate everything about the way that game was played. And once it happened that it was going down that road, you know, Mark Few. I mean, I, this is what happens to us in baseball, where you where the expectations, the weight of those expectations. That's fine. You can. You know, you can you can know that here's the standard, here's where we're trying to go. This is all part of the process of getting to ultimately give ourselves another chance. Fine. Now get down five to one in the third against somebody you're supposed to pound and see if you don't feel the ghost of failures past, right? Feel the weight of the the fans in the stands. Yeah, you'd rather be on the road. It's it's an unbelievable yeah. weight. Yeah. Right? You could see it on Fuse's face, that look of son of a this is happening again. Now, he wasn't panicking, but he knew I'm in a dogfight. This is not going to be us getting out in transition and winning the game the way I want to win the game. This is going to be we're going to have to win the game the way they're playing it, and they couldn't do it. It wasn't a fluke. They got beat. As for the end of the uh, the Duke Tech game, um, it was 68-66. When I turned the TV on, I'm like, oh, good. There he goes. He's going to go home, and I was wrong because that's when Duke scores the next seven points. might be more than that. It might have been nine. 
But some of the shots that Roach hit. Oh down well, the stretch. he's he's emerged as the guy I that mean, they were hoping he would be. That's NBA level isolation. You oh. know it's coming. There's nothing you can do to stop it. A little, and little step back. That babe. has me worried that you know Kate might finish the dream. This might this thing might happen for him. Which well, would be three ridiculous. number one, three number ones are gone. Only Kansas remains as a one. This all happens before the Elite Eight. I mean, right to have that many gone before that is solidified. It's pr- rather amazing. I have not. You know what? I should look at the bracket, but mine got burnt to hell within about three hours last you Thursday. You and the rest of the country, buddy. yeah. Uh, are Duke and Carolina slated to match up in a Final Four, or would they match up in the championship uh, game? I didn't fill out a bracket this year, so I'll check it. I think it's the championship it. game. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Carolina could do it again. They could beat K by 25. <laughs> you failed me again. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, you know, you mentioned Roach. Jeremy Roach, we see this with point guards, right? If If your point guard rounds into form in the right way at the right time for the postseason, if you've got – like when I when I told you about – when I talked about Villanova, to have Gillespie be what he is – I mean, what, fifth year point guard? He's been there forever and a day. Calming things down in the midst of chaos, in pressure situations, a guy you know is not going to panic or be bullied – is huge, and you find these teams, you're like, well, they got one, they got one, they're hoping he becomes one. Going back to Jeremy Roach, he has become what Coach K was desperately searching for. Um, You know, you go back to the game where they lost to Miami earlier this year in January. After that game, Coach K killed Roach and was basically talking about the silly foul and and not understanding situations. God bless him, but you know, <laughs> well, that's our other guy. But uh, he's still there. Wendell yeah, hit a couple of big yeah. free throws last night. I was wondering in a one a one in one situation. I'm like, don't let Wendell be the guy to end K's career. That would be <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> because it would be Wendell Moore's revenge. Yeah, he, uh, Wendell, your thoughts on the final shots? Well, you know, I just hated for Coach K. God bless him. God bless him on his way. Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you this. Um, Roach has emerged as a superstar. He hit tough shots, contested shots, created shots off the bounce when they had to have it. Free throws, all of it was there. Uh, so when you go into an NCAA tournament, if you're filling out a bracket or you just are trying to assess the field once the regions are announced, you usually, I, and this is the way I do it, I typically go through and say, to myself, I do this with the start of football, and unfortunately that question is easier and easier to answer every year. I say, how many of these teams can win a national championship? Now, obviously on a given night, anybody can beat anybody, so St. Peter's beats Kentucky, and it happens, right? But you say, who in this group, when they play their best, have all of the components and the elements necessary to win a national championship? And the cool thing about the NCAA tournament, typically, in college basketball, because there's so many teams, Typically, you're kind of like, ah, you might find six to eight teams that you think, okay, if the draw's right and they're playing well, they could win the national championship. And then there's another four to six that can make it to a final four. Right, right. But you don't think they could close the deal if it's the best of the best. Right. So I I did that, and Duke was on the list of teams that I wrote out when I was sitting there thinking, talking to my nephew, who I thought could win the national championship. I said, well, Duke could. Duke hasn't played well down the stretch of the season. But if you look, I mean, you've got Bonchero, the best player in the country, you know, certainly from a draft 
standpoint. You look at the body type. And then Roach was beginning to play well. And you, Anyhow, we know who Duke is, right? We've seen the team. And remember, they beat Gonzaga earlier in the year at the start of the season. So there was all these, like, there are moments where you see what Duke can be, where you're like, well, yeah, that can be pretty damn good. They were on the list. Kentucky was on the list. Kansas is on the list. Arizona's on the list. Went through these teams, and I went about, about six to eight. I can't remember what, what the final number was. It's funny to see what we've got left here. I mean, it's it's stunning to watch this thing play out. If you like, if you like the chaos, you're getting it. But uh, to tell you the truth, Tom, I I like North Carolina to beat UCLA as well, and so the ACC is just doing yep, right. this. Well, <laughs> here it is again. The, yeah, ACC Stone is letting Cole's everybody know Austin. what time it is, baby. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we could have been one of those teams. No, I mean, no, we, could not we are 3-3 three three against ACC teams that are still alive in this tournament, <laughs> We could sir. not have been one of those teams. We're 500 I, against them. I assure you we could not have been one of those teams. Let's tip it off against Miami right now. In many ways, we're a walking miracle to have finished uh, 500 in the ACC and having swept Miami and beat Duke. Uh, all God these bless yeah. him. God yeah. bless Leonard. <laughs> what he's done. It's it it is funny how perceptions change. By the way, because it was a terrible season to watch us go through, and I hated watching that team. They were very frustrating. They were also very unlucky. They got hurt constantly, and they had various guys missing critical minutes and big issues. games. Yeah, there were a lot of things about the team that you're like, oh my god. If I for me, if I had hair, I'd pull it out. It was just so hard to watch sometimes. Um, and we did various breakdowns of assessment about our, you know who you're mad at, player, coach basketball gods with injury, whatever it might be, right? But ultimately, they you, they really were the classic box of chocolates. You never knew what you were going to get out of them at all. We were like, every time we'd watch them, you know, lace them up, you'd be like, oh, so it's going to be that kind of night. We're going to get blown out by Boston College. Okay. And then other times you're like, we're going to win on the road against Virginia. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, like really weird things. Ray Kwan's going for 21 tonight. Yeah. All right. Okay. I guess that's what there we are. Yeah, so we were really weird, but... In reflection, with all of those injuries, to have, you know, to to have some of those quality wins, you're like, that really is kind of stunning um, because the team was disjointed, convoluted, and inconsistent to say the least. And yet there they were. I I'm not saying, hey, hold on high this year's Florida State basketball team performance. I am saying. It is kind of shocking that they ended up being 500 in this league. I don't think the league is nearly as bad as people from the outside thought it was. Yeah, it wasn't just one night. You know, there are multiple right, nights. Yeah. There are multiple pieces of evidence. I remember being a student in the year that Florida won their first basketball national championship, and they were about to win the football title as well. It was a very annoying time to be an undergrad at Florida State. We beat that team that came back. So sorry, they were they were chasing their second one. So Noah and Brewer and all of yeah. they came back. Yeah. They played in the kid who could hit it from the logo. Yeah, we beat that. The team, timeline, yeah. the white kid. We beat them here. But like that was it. That was that whole season. It's like, oh, well, we did beat Florida that one time. This year's group, they won four or five games where you go, well, okay. Objectively speaking, that's really impressive. And you can't do that a handful of times mm-hmm. without being something different than lucky. Uh, IDU, long time, first time. Any way we can get some Norvellisms on the soundboard like you guys used to do with Jimbo, Jameis No, Jameis Y. Here's some libations, Friday money, first drink is on me. Lou in Lake Susie, Florida. Well, thank you, Lou. Woo! Thank you, Lou. A woo for Lou. A doff of the cap to you, Lou. Uh, good times. Good times. Uh, and we appreciate you listening. Yeah, we can get some 
we can get some Norvellisms. Um, I would like. Um, <laughs> we have the one. We have uh, we have that one. That's the. Uh, oh, you just asked me an uncomfortable question that I can't answer, so I'm going to give you a nervous laugh. <laughs> Uh, uh, that was a stall. I'm thinking of how I'm going to answer this. Yes, it's just so low. I got to bring that up, but I'm, I'm maxing it out on the board. So hopefully you can hear that, Lou. David, I love Terrence, man, and you got to uh, you brought that question to the table here. Uh, if we're surprised at how good he is, I, yes and no. It's a it's a cop out answer. I'm going to give you, David. I'll tell you why. The guy's understanding of basketball was thorough from day one it was complete in many ways it allowed him to overcome deficiencies in uh in his game uh his his overall game right he did a lot of things well nothing uh stupendously well just uh, you know he could rebound he understood uh, where to be on the court he defended he's a, a a good on ball defender you know he was uh, a decent scorer but not a not a wildly consistent shooter. So, you know, there were all these things about his game where you're kind of like, well, you know, you put it all together, he's a good basketball player. And good basketball players who work extremely hard and are intelligent and are blessed with some athleticism, and he can really jump. So then the thought was, okay, maybe he makes the end of a bench. Maybe he makes the league, and he's the, he's the guy that does all the things that a coach, the dirty work, he's a glue guy. He's, he's, you know, coach's dream, right? Love this kid. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's smart. I'm never going to have to worry about him. All that good stuff. Well, I thought that was possible. I thought he could do that and maybe make the league and, and stick around and get a second contract, get paid, and good on you because that's what you root for with these good kids who come through your program and uplift the program and do everything right. But he's actually – surpassed all of those expectations. There are nights in the league where Terrence Mann, for that particular night in that game, was the best player on the floor. And that is stunning. Now, is he that consistently over the course of an 80-plus game season? God, no. I'm not telling you he's that. He's not an all-star. He's not any of those things. There are nights, actually, where He's hurt his team, too, by his deficiencies, and they've had to ask him to play more minutes because of injuries. I watched that team very closely because my son, that's his favorite player. Thus, that became his favorite team. I watch way too much Clippers basketball. They're not any good at all. They're terrible to watch because of all the injuries. So when you watch them, I'm watching them lose every night, but Bryce wants to watch them because he loves them. So there are nights when I'm watching Terrence Mann where I go, he's having to play too many minutes. They're taking advantage of him now. He's perfect if you cut those minutes down and you give him, you know, 18 to 20 and say, do your thing really well, really hard for this stretch, and then we're going to take you off the floor. We have audio of you watching Terrence Mann play too many minutes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I see it. I do. I see it. I'm like, oh. And then, you know what's funny about it? I think this is awesome, and we got to go to break. This is great. Because I used to do this as a kid, and it's come back to me now as a father. And I love these moments where I, I identify something that was so childlike in me all those years ago, and my stepdad or my father or my mother or whatever having to humor me knowing that I, I was just a super fan. I was just a kid who was a super fan, and I didn't have a handle on all the facts. If I'm critical of something that I see from Terrence Mann in a game, like he has a stretch where he just gets abused, where he's a, he's a minus player on the floor, 
<laughs> I might say something aloud and Bryce will be like, it's not his fault. He gets so pissed off, it's great. It's the best. He'll just look over at me and be like, it's not his fault. That He'll blame every other player on the floor for that sequence of events. And I'm like, look, I, I love Terrence. I love Terrence, but he's having to play too many minutes. Bryce, he's not supposed to be out there this long. They're taking advantage of him. Well, uh, you don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> I love it. And yet his internal dialogue. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows. Yeah. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. Breakfast from the coffee, I dropped my newspaper down. Happy Libations Friday, everybody. Hope this finds you doing well. But alas, the weekend is nearly upon us. Exhale. Oh, man. One of the downsides of having revealed my fear of nature over the years, in particular spiders, is everybody sends me these videos. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not cool crosses the line right there no oh, there's this spider in australia that is well, i mean that's all you gotta say spider australia there it is yeah you know it's bigger evil. than a mini cooper oh they're just and the oh this i'm gonna show you this video during the nope, break no thanks i'm gonna i'm gonna close my eyes i want you to see it it's killing a cricket but you have to see nah. this th- it's a cricket when you see this thing though you're like ooh. Ooh, that poor cricket. He had a moment to think about Charlotte's it. Web. That's as far as I go with the spiders. I have wondered now, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, th- these are primitive creatures, crickets or you know, insects like that. They, they survive, evolutionarily speaking, based on numbers and only numbers, certainly not their wit. So sheer numbers, right? They don't probably have time to surmise the predicament they're about to be in in the moment whereas human beings unfortunately we could we we are armed with the ability to reason and logic right and discern and so in many ways it's terrorizing it's the worst possible way to die because you know i'm about to be eaten whereas a cricket's not thinking about being eaten something just wow that hurt up dead there's no it doesn't have any it's you know yeah no sentience no yeah but you and I, if this, if this happens, if a great white is circling us right before the moment it decides. Oh, he's with the great white. Well, I'm just saying. Or a tiger. It doesn't matter. But if that happened, or a lion, or a tiger, or a great ape, or something like that, it decided they'd seen enough of us. And we were, that was it. You have time to think about it. You got a lot of time. So what happens is we project that on the cricket or whatever it is being eaten by this evil-ass spider from Australia. You're like, oh, that thing, but it doesn't know. It doesn't know. I'm just telling you that so that you... Well, yeah. Well, I told you, I'm still uh, messed up oh. from... Mm, that's, wow, I'm getting old. It's going on 14 years ago, almost 15 years ago. I uh, took care of my buddy's pet snake, right? Cause you I it a rat or something? Yeah, because the couch tour at Tallahassee was a thing. I, I think it still is for the kids. Where sure. I had about a three-week period between leases. I had nowhere to go. Yeah. Everybody's and, on it. Yep. And he was on vacation. He's like, just here are the keys. Take yeah, my place. Just, just make take sure care you of the feed snake. this thing the rat. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. And that bothered me. 
You know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm sorry, some people can do it. And listen, if we were in a war, all right, give me the gun, I'll get you. No yeah, problem. Yeah. But this in uh, some ways you can do that different. better than you could oh, feeding easily. the re- <laughs> easily. Yeah, I know. I'm and, and the kicker was the snake died a week later. I'm oh, like, what the it. hell? What did what, what'd uh, you do? I did nothing wrong. Okay. I don't know if I were your friend. I'd believe that. He goes away on vacation. <laughs> what did you back, feed the rat? What, you what gave happened? the snake. Yeah. You bastard. Did you assassinate my snake because you didn't like the way that it That's has to fun. eat? Uh, it's not the snake's fault. No. It's definitely not. I'm asking you. I'm yeah. asking, I, oh, oh, I know I the answer. I see. I know. I'm just You're gonna saying. you go like Newman? You're going to turn the light on me for <laughs> mail fraud? <laughs> oh, man. No, I just. Mm. So it died a week later. It did. I bet you never got asked to snake sit again. No, well, <laughs> part of me was like, good. But I was like, yeah, it's not the snake's fault. No, definitely not. Anyhow, I do, uh, this was my way of saying in a short segment, thanks to all of you who send me stuff on Twitter and social media platforms and like, hey, hey, check out, Cameron, I know you hate this. Check this out. Oh, my goodness gracious. And I'm that gullible. Every time somebody sends me something, it can even be clearly labeled. And I go, well, all right, let's click on it. All right. Oh, no. Every time. I do it over and over and over and over again. And I got got yesterday on Twitter. There's a guy named uh, Dan Squatch in the chat, which I think is an awesome name. But he wants to know from you about the strength and conditioning program. Is there anybody that you've seen at practice and you go, that's what I'm talking about? Farmer has looked, you know, sizable, obviously. That's his Um, uh, suggestion as well. Yeah. Um, Anybody else that. DJ Lundy's trimmed down. He's gotten in better shape. Um, Look, there are some guys who appear ready made. I mean, guys who got here that you're just like, well. Yeah, are we going to give Coach Storms credit for verse? <laughs> no. I mean, that guy came walking through the door looking like that. Um, Dylan Gibbons looks healthier. Yeah, a that's lot a great healthier. Answer. Yeah, Dylan yep. Gibbons is a good answer. Yep. I think that's a guy that is he's leaner in the right way. He's big, strong. He looks more muscular. He looks everything about him right now. Now, keep in mind, he's a giant offensive lineman. They're not, you know, he's not. Yeah, gonna... but we improved where he came from, which is interesting. Yeah, at Notre Dame, he was kind of puffy. He had some injury issues and things like that, so I, I don't know what's what there. But I would, I would suggest that he's a guy that you kind of tip the cap to. Looks, looks good. Um, Malik McLean. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but again, I think Malik was already kind of a big guy coming in here. He had the sure. right body type. But he yeah, had the body yeah. type, but he was a freshman here. It wasn't a transfer situation, so he's developing the way that you would expect someone at Florida State to come in and develop. Yeah, I um, they they have more. Here's a better talking point, in my opinion. They have more guys that, and I continue to say this, that look the part, and that is big to me. That, that you see more and more guys on this team that look the part if we're to where we want to be. Our two forthcoming. Stay with. 